Well, I'm Life Lovers George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful me. Welcome to our monthly book club. And I'm excited to be talking about my second book, How to Get Good at Money, Keys to Financial Peace of Mind and Prosperity that just came out, I guess, last month. And it hasn't been that long since I wrote the first book, uh, Be Your Own CFO, Business Like Approach to Personal Finances. And um, so it's exciting. Um, I'm glad. I'm proud to have written this book as as well. I, I'm super happy with it. Um, and when I started talking about how we were launching the second book, I got all these messages saying, didn't you just launch the first book? Didn't you just write your first book? And the answer, of course, like I just said, was yes. Um, but the thing is that once I started writing again, which has now been probably a couple of years, I write every day. And once I figured out how to write a book, the first book, I now I know how to do it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in writing more. And so just to tell you a little bit about the process that I go through is I, I write for 45 minutes to an hour, at least every day. And sometimes a little bit longer if I find that I have a little bit of extra time, but at least that much. So it allows me to just be incrementally chipping away at everything. Uh, so subsequently, I suppose I'm announcing that I've got a lot more books to come. So currently I'm working on three books and have ideas for, for many more. So uh, more to come. And I do consider myself to be a writer whether I consider myself to be an author, even though I am, I 100% identify as a writer. So I can't talk enough about the importance that this has had in my life and the value that writing has brought me. And I can't stress enough how much I think that you should do the same. Now, I'm not saying you need to start writing books or anything like that, but the act of writing is such a valuable thing because it helps you to become a more clear thinker. It helps you become a much more organized thinker. It helps you to formalize your opinions and your thoughts and your beliefs about things. Essentially, what we're doing when we're writing is we're thinking about what we're thinking about and then we're expanding on those thoughts and refining them and growing them. And when you start turning that part of your brain on, then it wants more. You're going to find that you're subconsciously going to be thinking about new things and you're going to be having new ideas pop into your mind and you're going to be seeing and paying attention to things that pique your interest that you're going to want to write about or think about. And that's nothing but a really positive thing. In today's world, when we're just, we're just wrought with distraction and so much noise and bullshit, that thinking our own thoughts and making up our own minds, I talk about this ad nauseum, it's never been more important. So again, for me, it's uh, made a massive difference. It's made me better, at least I think, <laughs> in in most every aspect of, of life. So excited to be sharing with you a little bit about this book, uh, the motivation for writing it. I My work is all about how to help people get better at money so they can live how they want. That's it. So 
I think that a lot of the things that are in this book are transferable to other aspects of life. And that's really what I'm hoping for. The whole idea here is that we're all weighed down by something. There's something that we're tethered to. Think that, you know, that old ball and chain that's that's tied to the jailbird's leg in the cartoons and the movies. And it prevents the jailbird, he or she, from escaping. Well, that that's us too. And that can be as basic as a bunch of credit card debt. Could be just student loan debt. It could be regret for the past and mistakes that we've made and damaged relationships and shame and you name it. Whatever that weight is, how do I get rid of it? What's the key? There were a key that could unlock and help you to untether, to break free of whatever it is that is keeping you stuck. And that's what this book explores, and I hope that it helps you to do exactly that. I want and know, I want everybody to have peace of mind, financial peace of mind. I want you to to, to move on to financial prosperity, whatever form that takes. If you want to get rich beyond imagination, I'm here for you. If you just want to get out of debt and stop worrying about money, I'm your guy. Whatever it is. I don't care. I'm not judging. You You decide what you want. And I wanted to give you the tools guide to be able to actually execute on that. So the book is, is broken up into three parts. The first part is talking about what's required in order to become financially successful. Again, from my perspective, what are the table stakes? What must be present for anyone to become financially successful, sustainably financially successful. Not, I won the lottery and I've got a bunch of money. Not, I inherited a bunch of money. What do I need to do to become financially, sustainably successful? So that's what that's talking about. Part two is talking about freeing yourself from all the different expectations and systems and assumptions that we live under because each of us is living under a ton of different assumptions and systems and expectations. And if you're not careful, you're just going to be carried along by those expectations. And you're going to be on that hamster wheel. You're going to wake up at 30 and be like, oh my gosh, I wasted you know the first X number of years of my life or 40 or 50. And you're going to be filled with regret. And that is uh, that's that's terrible, and I'm not interested in, in that happening to you. So freeing yourself from that. And then the third part is talking about the way forward to the future that you really want. And we get more into the actual tactics of what it'll take to gain the financial literacy that you need, the knowledge and the understanding that you need. But then also to bridge the gap between what I know and what I actually do. So you close that behavior gap and put it into practice. So think financial literacy is knowing and having an understanding about the money stuff. Financial wellness is actually doing it. So you could be an educated derelict, right? And the world is rot with, I think that's the second time I've said rot. I think I can do it again. I bet I can. The world is wrought with well-educated derelicts. So people that know lots, but either can't get out of their own way, just can't put it to work. 
And I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being useful to you and helping you actually get to where you want to go, not just wowing you with my average intellect. So those are the three sections within um, each chapter of the book. There is an equation, which I'm, I'm fairly proud of, and I'm, I'm happy with how all of those worked out. Each chapter has a key. So that's that's the main idea that I want you to sort of embody and take with you. And then there's a call to action. So it's um, a little bit of a workbook that just it gives you exercises to be digesting and putting the ideas into practice at the end of each chapter. So that's how it's all structured. Uh, the book itself is, I think, 200 and some pages. So about double the length of the first book. Does mean it's twice as good by any stretch of the imagination, but I apparently had more to say. It's 203 pages. Um, so just to give you a sense of it. So again, each chapter has an equation. And this is I've been talking a lot about, um, there's a handful of equations that I, I revisit quite a bit now, which I'm, I'm happy with. I think it makes sense. And that is that goals equal what you want, beliefs equal who you are, and habits equal um, what you do. So not rocket science, but again, the whole idea here is how can we frame things in a way that's going to make sense, in a way that might be sticky and and it actually stays with you and you take and apply these things so each one has um has that equation of the call to action so a couple of different things i wanted to highlight just to give you a sense of of the book and some of the content should you decide to actually pick up a copy and read it um, from section one i talk about the importance of personal responsibility when it comes to your personal finances the first book, I talked about how there's never going to be anybody anybody more interested in your financial success than you are, so we must act accordingly. And if you are to be financially successful, you need to take personal responsibility for every aspect of your money. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do all of it, but you have to accept responsibility. You need to be the person who's driving the process and getting it done. So I think that that's a really important aspect of it. Talk about contentment over happiness. I have a tendency to be a little bit philosophical and I fancy myself to be a thoughtful person. And so I spent a good amount of time thinking about what really contentment is and what the difference between contentment and happiness is. And fundamentally, happiness goes up and down throughout the course of the day, kind of like kind of like a heartbeat. Ice cream makes me happy. Dropping my ice cream makes me sad. But contentment is 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 the is the foundation. And if I'm a contented person, then the highs and the lows don't really bother me because I am content with the person that I am. And I, I, when you read the book, you'll, you'll understand, but it bears repeating that we're not talking about complacency. Contentment and complacency are completely different. They couldn't be more different because I am the least complacent person that I know. I push super hard and I do it every day like a psycho. So, but that doesn't mean I'm not content because I am. I'm super content with who I am and the life that I have whilst constantly striving for more. And so I think that that is a, I think that's a really, really important thing. A um, couple of things I wanted to highlight to talk about from part two are the different patterns that, that we follow. As you and I 
follow very predictable patterns and habits. We do so every day. And, you know, whether it's getting you where you want to go, that I don't know, but we follow them. So if your habit if if your life is not where you want it to be, it means your habits are not benefiting you. They're just keeping you where you are. When you figure out what it is you want, you figure out what's most important to you, and then you build habits around actually getting those things. So we must examine our habits. We must we must examine the patterns that we follow. So are your habits and your patterns getting you what you want? Will they get you what you want? I don't know. That's what it asks you to examine and interrogate. And I love the idea that um, financial security is a precursor for financial peace of mind. Again, I want everybody to get what they want. I want you to flourish. I want you to be prosperous, but you're never going to get any of those things until you have financial security first. And so I examine and talk a lot about what real financial security means and how that will lead to peace of mind. But none of this stuff happens on its own. Um, we must work for it. So the third section, um, there's this very famous poem by Shel Silverstein called The Missing Piece. It is one of my favorites. I love it. I really love it a lot. And it's all about how we work so hard to try and fix or complete ourselves by something that's outside of us. So ex extrinsic stuff. But in fact... The only real solution to our problems is from within. It needs to be inside job. So you're never going to fill some kind of a gap that's inside of you with something outside of you. Certainly not going to fill it with material possessions or money or anything like that. So we need to figure that out. Once we become aware of it, start asking these questions. We start doing the work and then we can start answering that question and actually filling in any missing pieces that we may have that most of us have. I know that I certainly have my fair share and have been working to to fill them in a constructive and healthy way. Minding your own business. Ooh, buddy. Do we not like we, we do not do a good job of this, do we? We are so looky-loo and rubbernecky of everybody else and our society. That's all we do with social media is look at other people's lives and we judge them and we judge ourselves against them and we are up in each other's business. We are critical of everyone. We, this is me too. It's all of us. So mind your own business, knowing what our, knowing what your business is. Do you know what's most important in your life? Do you know what the critical things are you need to be focused on? And once we know what our priorities are, are we able to focus on those priorities? I don't know. But if we're to become financially successful, think about money. It's, it's just time sensitive. Um, there's an opportunity cost to it, meaning the longer we wait to pursue our financial goals and objectives, the harder they become to reach. So if we're not focused on what's most important, then we are not optimized. And then making good values-based decisions. Values, I think we talk a lot about those. I know I do, but we hear a lot about it. And I don't know that we actually sit down and think about what our values are. Do you? I spend an immense amount of time thinking about my values and am constantly asking myself as to whether or not they're static because they're not. Now, there's lots of values that I like. Um. For the longest time, I would say that my core values were friendship, justice, and learning. And those are still very, very, very important to me. But today, it's 
responsibility, specifically personal responsibility. It's still justice um, and, and, and freedom. So freedom, responsibility, and justice. Those are, those are my paramount core, most important values. And since I know what those are, they become the criteria by which I pass information through and I make decisions about things. Is this something I'm going to say yes to? Is this something I'm going to say no to? Pretty easy, right? But if I don't have any kind of a criteria, if I don't have that filter through which I'm passing information through to make decisions, well, how do I know if I'm making the right decisions? Well, you don't. And you're for sure not. You might be making fine decisions, but are they decisions that are based on what is most important to you? And that's where the values comes in. That's where the values come in. So such a such an important thing. And the book closes with a series of financial first principles that I think are really uh, the some of the key drivers and most important things for um, for getting to where you want to go, to really getting good at money and making good financial determination, financial decisions, all that good stuff. So all in all, I am proud of the book. I am happy with the way that it turned out. And I hope that you are able to pick up a copy and read a copy of it. And I love your feedback. I'm always interested in that. I'm always working to get better and certainly appreciate all of your support. If you enjoy the show just in general, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be super grateful if you would, if you're not already subscribed to the show, uh, subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like and a share and tell somebody else about the show too, because that certainly helps the show to grow. And if you've not reviewed it, um, obviously it would be helpful to me if you would also leave us a review wherever you're listening. So appreciate the time as always. And remember, do your part by doing your best.